Kiora. Welcome to Baptist People. My name's Charles Hewlett. And I'm Catherine Heslop. In our roles as National Leader and Executive Advisor within the Baptist Churches of New Zealand, we daily have the privilege of bumping into interesting people. These podcasts give us the opportunity to introduce them to you and to let them shape us as we endeavour to bring gospel renewal to people and places. In conversation, we explore something of their story. Why do we find them so interesting? What are they giving their lives to? Where does the motivation come from? We reflect together on both the highs and lows of their journey. Thanks heaps for taking the time to listen in today. This week I talk with Kelly Burgess, Church Engagement Manager for Tear Fund. Kelly has attended Eastgate Christian Centre for over 24 years. She is married to Jared and they have two children, Jaden and Lincoln. In this podcast, Kelly talks to us about why she is passionate about child development and the importance of legacy in someone's life. She also tells us some incredible stories of the work Tear Fund is doing in Indonesia with the Mums and Bubs program there. Well, it's great to have you with us today, Kelly. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, well, I'm a, a mum, wife and mum, and I uh, work for Tia Fund, our church engagement manager there. So I uh, have the great privilege of uh, flitting around the North Island and talking <laughs> to churches. Uh, I get to speak in all kinds of different environments, which is wonderful, sometimes quickly, sometimes long. Uh, I just really enjoy connecting uh, I'm a member of Eastgate Christian Centre, been there for 25 years, uh, nice. and really, really supportive of me and my family as well. And my, uh, we had a, we've been in New Zealand most of our lives, but we recently had quick foray into living in the USA. So nice. we were living in Nashville, and it was really interesting to sort of walk through speaking and leading in a different church context as well. But we we headed back to New Zealand thanks to thanks to COVID, really. Uh, and I was really blessed to be um, taken back by Tear Fund because I've actually been there, had my first day over 20 years ago at Tear wow. Fund, all up yeah. been there eight years in my lifetime. So I also yeah, feel really privileged that they wanted to have me back. Nice. Well, obviously you've done a great job for them, so they wouldn't have you back otherwise. Oh, well, I'm very honoured. Thank you. <laughs> So I know that you are passionate about child development. Tell me a little bit about why this means so much to you. Yeah, I I was always pretty, I was always passionate and convinced about good work for the Lord. And I remember when I was a teenager hearing in, uh, in geography, actually, about mm. how we had all this wealth in the Western world and then other countries had so little. And to me, it just felt unfair. And I remember that feeling of unfairness really deeply and and when I had my first day at Tear Fund over 20 years ago I um I felt like oh, wow I'm really living out that calling and enabled to kind of, to reach people with what we had here which mm. was resources essentially yeah. but of course as you as you go through um your working life and you learn and you grow I was in my early 20s I really became passionate about uh, child development just because of the legacy that it it creates and mm. it means a lot to me because in 2004 I decided I wanted to go and see some of the work in person 
2009, we jumped on a plane and we went to Uganda. And the reason we went to Uganda is because we'd seen and hosted the Watoto Children's Choir. Okay, yes. Some of, yeah. some of your listeners might remember them touring and enjoying yes. kids performing. Well, we were the same. We were really inspired and wanted to visit them there. Nice. And so uh, the whole the whole trip was really eye-opening as mm. people, I'm sure people find when they go on a short-term mission trip or any kind of exposure trip through their church or youth group that they would, yeah, uh, find that life-changing. And it certainly was. And really why I find it so valuable is because of that legacy. Like I said, we met uh, with a few children, about six children, teenagers, mm -hmm. they were 19. They were coming to the end of their time in the child sponsorship program. Yeah. And we sort of sat uh, on a patio overlooking Lake Victoria. We were dusty. We were dirty. We'd been walking through these really tight streets for a long, a long mm -hmm. day. And uh, they just honoured us with coming to speak with us. We bought them fish and we had lemonade out of tall bottles and we talked about their hopes and dreams for the future. One of those people uh, was a young man called Apollo and he just stood out. Now, mm. I remember he said to me, you know, I would like to be a pastor. We asked him that question, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Mm -hmm. nice. <laughs> and um, he said, I really want to be a pastor. And I know that he'd had a lot of people come around him uh, in the program to mentor and teach him about mission and to teach him about uh, church life and ministry so I, I know he was feeling really passionate too so it was like we had these kind of passionate 19 year olds who'd grown up in this in extremely difficult circumstances mm. um, in Apollo's case he'd grown up with 16 siblings wow that 16 siblings there were four sets of twins Wow. Oh my goodness. So in his situation, he said, my family would pray every day that um, no one would get sick. We couldn't afford the medical fees. Yeah. And he also said, I used to fear being taken as well in my village. Oh. Children would disappear. And he would pray. He, he was worried about being taken. That was his anxiety that he can remember, but mm. he knows his parents was anxiety was anyone getting sick. Right. Yeah. And so um, being part of the child development program, this mm. is incredible opportunity for him to uh, realize potential. And he got to this point mm. where he was 19 and he had dreams um, about being a pastor because poverty, it can rob you of hope. Yeah. yeah. yeah it can yeah. rob you of hope. And so this is a way to, to push hope back into the situation. Mm. And that's what about from him. So I was super engaged in the conversation I really felt heartbroken as well mm. that the situation I was viewing was so difficult that these young people had grown up in such difficult circumstances mm. but also kind of amazed at what God can do with so little from us yeah you know these programs are funded by people from New Zealand Australia other countries like that mm. any, all, all around the world really and it's just such a it's just such a small thing that the staff and the incredible uh, Christ-centered people that are involved in these kids' lives take and multiply. Like, yeah, right. Mm. And so that's what it felt like at the time. My heart was broken, but it was also encouraged and it was incredible. And I always remembered him. Mm. And then often, I mean, this was pre-cell phones. Yeah. 
I think I had like a little Nokia brick with an orange sticker. I don't know. Right. That was, that was a, I don't think I could take it to Uganda with me. <laughs> no, um, probably not. So, you know, there was no way to kind of stay in touch with people. But yes. Yeah. Beginning of, of last year, um, Apollo messaged me on Facebook because I wow. added him as a friend. And so he kind of like picked up from that conversation 18, 19 years mm. ago on the yeah. whole lifetime from the age yeah. he was when I saw him. And he told me that the child development program sponsorship um, changed his life dramatically and that he was now a pastor of a church of wow. hundreds yes. there in Gaba in Uganda. Wow. And he'd written a book called Limitless which is yeah. amazing when you consider how limited his situation mm. And that he's on boards, on he's a community leader, he fosters children and has his own children. And so for me, it's the legacy mm. and the potential that is unlocked, really. Mm. And it's just always there in that child. Every child made in the image of God. Yes. You know, every child uh, knitted together in their mother's womb. You know, God knows them. He knows what they're capable of of we what we are all capable of what i'm capable of Mm. and it and the 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 development program helped him to really explore and really blow that up and so now he's the tables are turned he messages me all the time and says kelly i'm praying for your work yeah oh wow (laughs) (laughs) and so and i know that the other i'm in touch with the other um young people and they've all gone on to achieve those dreams one wanted to be a politician that's what he's doing one wanted to be a social worker that's what she's doing one wanted to be a motivational speaker and you know the list goes on so for me why it means so much I guess Mm -hmm. is longevity so even though I haven't been there the whole time just seeing and speaking and knowing speaking to and knowing a person and knowing their heart and having that impact me and then seeing how they feel about that 20 years later yes yeah that's really incredible yeah so yeah. that's really whitening so much to me yeah um, yeah and so recently you visited tear funds infant survival program in indonesia it's called mums and bubs tell us a little bit about that program sure yeah i'm i'm completely sold out for this program <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> and i have some beautiful stories so you just stop yeah. me when i need to stop telling these stories because i <laughs> sure um so yeah we launched mums and bubs in new zealand about a year and a half ago probably nearly coming up to two years now Mm. and we launched that with the help of a couple of churches here in auckland that was eastgate christian center and room as well Uh, and we just i really felt the community sort of behind this project and what it is it's an it fills that gap between uh sponsorship and then pregnancy and birth in that first year of life right so Obviously, around the world, mm. uh, pregnancy is not pregnancy and birth can be a really d- dangerous situation for women that are living in extreme poverty. Mm. Yeah, uh, lack of access to clean water, lack of access mm. to medical care, uh, lack of access to any kind of trained birth attendant or even mm. a hospital in in order to have a baby. And when I know that I can relate as a mum, how tricky right. that time is in yes. your life. Yeah. And exhausted and tired and just wrung out I felt and then one of my children had a health issue Mm. and it was devastating and hard and I just couldn't yeah when I put that same situation into you know these 
uh, mums that are pregnant and having babies and extreme poverty I can't even really comprehend it so for me it was a real honor to yeah. be involved with that launch yes. of the mums and bubs program so we decided that we wanted to go over and, and check it out and make sure uh, we wanted to get some great stories to share and nice. some meaningful moments with the mm. people that have supported us uh, and I have never I, I it was like seeing mission grassroots in a way like I have never seen it before and it was so much more than a uh, neonatal and maternal health program yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was mm. you know logically but I think until you see the deeper mm. uh, connections that are happening with the group um it's 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 hard to really comprehend it mm. so each mums and bubs group has about 16 mums involved and they might be pregnant or in their first year of life so we went over and visited a project in Bali in Denpasar mm. which is mm -hmm. uh, very um very tight very crowded anyone that's been to Bali will know it's busy uh, tight mm. streets right and where the program is run is out of the local church so nice. local church there yeah so every program has a, a pastoral head and a and a and a project director survival specialist who mm. leads uh, other child intervention specialists yeah. and so what they do is they invite these mums into the program mums mm. are all living in extreme poverty in this case most of the mums in the program were migrants from okay. Ireland so they had come over often not knowing anyone not having any no. family some of them had incredibly tragic stories mm. most of the mums we met lived in these sort of one room uh one room boarding houses so they might be six families living on top and six families mm. living below. they had a room for their family and they shared like an outdoor um an outdoor kitchen slash bathroom area basically where a tank was and a mother yeah. and that's where they would bathe baby wow. and do everything else yes. so these are extreme levels of poverty mm. that yeah. we're talking about here and this church on the ground there in Denpasar is leading leading the leading the drive to help these women and their families and their babies survive wow. yeah amazing and incredible and mm. I you know, it's, of course, all the things you expect are happening. There's food, hampers, baby bars, mm. clothes, products, all those sorts of things, mattresses supplied, clean yeah. water, all of the things you'd expect. Uh, but they also do home visits like Plunkett as well. Okay, yes. The mum. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of how they check out what else is going on in the community and invite those mums to join the program. And, but it was the connections. I can't tell you, I think every mum that we spoke to said, I, before I came to the program, I didn't know anybody. I'd migrated no. over. Yeah. I yeah. had no connections. I had no friends. I had no mm. one. To, and now there's all these mums in the same position as me, mm. you know, having babies. Some of them have walked a little bit ahead of me. Some of them I'm a little bit ahead of, I, you know, mm. with, with where my baby is at in their development. But it's the connection that, provides the hope mums yeah so one of the mums said to me that it was it doubled their family income being involved in the program just in terms of what they were getting in, in food hampers and clean right. things they would have to pay for zero running water at yeah all. so and the that, support that they were getting just yes. meant that much to them yes the wow. practical support was uh meant an awful lot yeah what they and they talked about it for sure 
but mm. every one of them talked to me about having friends wow. and having connection. It's like, I can mm. imagine, you know, maybe you're, you don't know anyone else that's had a baby in New Zealand and you go to a mm. playground first time yeah. or a yeah. family music group for the first time and that feeling of oh, finally I've got people I can share this journey with yes absolutely yeah yeah so that, so were those those women had they come from the islands for sort of better opportunities for their babies or what drove them to move there in the first place well they came for different reasons yeah them is hardship reasons yeah, so, yeah. Uh, they all have a different story but I know that um, one of the mums was sent as a uh, 12-year-old to earn money in Bali from her, wow. her parents in Simba. Yeah. And so she worked as a domestic helper there mm. and uh, sent money back to her family. And that was because her her mother passed away tragically and then her mm. oldest passed away as well. Yeah. Uh, times were really difficult on the mm. island there. And her dad was working hard on the farm and she mm. was supplementing that income. So they moved for all, all different reasons. One mum I spoke to, she lost her husband tragically. Wow. Yeah. A short five-month illness. And mm. same thing, she was alone and had to earn an income. Yeah. And she actually lost her first baby um, because he, he was taken by her in-laws when her husband passed away. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. I, I won't go into all the stuff. Yeah. It's really hard and triggering for some people as well. But yeah. needless to say not many of them intended to be there yeah yeah uh, they they were kind of life took them there yes and most of them they were all married women in this particular project at this time so they'd gotten remarried um yeah or married for the first time and had their baby mm. in Denpasar and yeah. so often just not really having any connections but yeah, yeah it's, it's also just hardship about, upon hardship isn't it for these women yes that's right yeah, yeah. And I think, too, I mean, the stories of the mums are really meaningful. Yeah. But seeing how the staff operate for me, mm -hmm. yeah, I felt so much trust. The project director there, his name was Domingus. Mm -hmm. He led us around. Mm -hmm. uh, we were in a van, and he led us around on his boda, his little scooter. <laughs> no. And he knew where every single family lived. Wow. Out a GPS or anything yeah. like that yeah. amazing he just led us there and the rooms were too small to talk yes. to mum so we would sit out in the alley or just on the edge wow. of the alley yeah and he'd stand there he would flip over a crate in the alley mm. he would check out the neighbors he'd just sit there and the neighbors would kind of come because they were interested in you know yes. what are these two ladies doing <laughs> uh, with my colleague Helen Manson and uh, what are these two ladies doing in the in the alleyway why are they talking to our neighbor yeah. And so he would just flip over a crate, find something to sit on, and he would talk to the wow. neighbors. Yeah. And you could see him flip into pasta mode. Amazing. And it was humble, quiet, yeah, yeah. connected. Mm -hmm. And I know that when we talked to him about what he about why he did this work, he said, It's always been my dream to serve people in my community. Yeah. And his, community also borders on a rubbish dump where a lot of scavenger family live so we also spoke to families that lived in the rubbish dump there as well wow. he has done this for a long time he, he lived mm. in that community he loves the community and he's serving his community through the local church and this program yes so meeting the mums seeing their lives transformed mm. seeing why because the staff are just incredible and mm. 
they are multiplying everything that they're given into something mm. bigger and better. It's incredible. And, yeah. Yeah. If you've got time, I've got one more little beautiful story about a mum mm. who said to me, she said, before I came along to the program, I didn't know how to care for a baby and wow. I didn't think it mattered. Wow. I just didn't think it mattered. Yeah. And she said, I was invited along and now I know how to keep her thriving. Yes. I love her so much. Wow. The biggest change for me is that now we've met Jesus. Mm. My life has been transformed and my whole family's life has been transformed. That's incredible. And that's because it's run out of a local church. Yeah. You know? yeah. And all the expertise Mm. Of staff working in the program along yeah. with the power of God and how much mm. amazing oh that sounds I mean that just your heart hey like yeah. um what resonates with me is what you say about that time in your life I'm a mum as well and just how huge that time in your life is and then yeah. to add desperation and poverty on top of that I just I just can't even imagine and so that's really an incredible program just to think the practical support they're giving but connecting them into a community and how much community means for people eh? and then and then just the local church factor and bringing them to Jesus and that's (laughs) oh it's just incredible yeah so so you've been there you went to Indonesia you sat in the hallway next to the wooden crate and um, so, you know, what did you take away from it? I mean, obviously it's been deeply impacting for you. I think the biggest thing was how important it is to connect and to share what we have with each other yeah. and how much God can do with that. So these, the mums and um, the mums that in the program that we interviewed knew that Kiwis were supporting them. So this project was started because Kiwis supported they actually knew that they knew that it was New Zealand that (laughs) this program you know yeah Um, and they uh, and it was so interesting you know it's so everything they do is so ordinary bathing Mm -hmm. babies feeding babies making food connecting with friends but it's so extraordinary yeah and I thought about women and everything that we walk through you know Mm -hmm and our lives to become mothers or and all of that process and how mm. ordinary and extraordinary it all is yes yeah. it's those ordinary things that you do mm. that can yeah. create an extraordinary impact and with god if you have jesus at the center of everything you do then your small loaf and your small fish can be multiplied to feed the thousands and yeah. i felt like both meeting apollo 20 years ago mm. in this mums and buds program uh, all those years later for the first time and seeing that that still hadn't changed yeah that's incredible yeah that's, god doesn't change yes yeah he makes promises he um he helps us he helps us to be his hands and feet still need to be his hands and feet we still need to mm-hmm. the dominguses in the project mm-hmm. we still need the pastors in the project the specialists the birth attendants the lactation mm-hmm. conditions we need the specialists Yes. But God makes that something bigger. Yeah. And I suppose I was really proud to have mm. been involved. Yeah. Uh, with Mums and Bubs with child sponsorship and care mm. fund and my work with the church at Eastgate and how it all connected. Yes. And I just felt I felt like there's so much more we can do, of course, but how mm. valuable all these beautiful pearls were and these beautiful yes. individual people. 
and I suppose that's the biggest thing that I took away from from my time connecting these dots it's really simple like what you the picture that you've painted is it's just about providing practical support to people who desperately desperately need it that's right and then on top of that it's that relational element, hey, because people need to be in community and especially at that time of your life when you have got a baby, a, you know, a newborn and just that connection with community is so important. And, you know, I know from my experience, those coffee group days, wow, I, I don't know how I would have done without those days. Um, yeah. I yeah. have to tell you a funny story. Yeah. Um, of these we every time the mum every time mums come together at the project they have like devotions and, and worship and then they mm. eat together incredible oh. food yeah they'll yeah. do some kind of educational group education um moments like it could, mm. be, could be nutrition could be uh sanitation mm. and and they're given a hamper to take home okay and, so I had I've got this photo of these beautiful mums, two of two of these beautiful mums riding a boater together, baby strapped on the front, food hamper <laughs> strapped on the back. <laughs> nice. And you just it just made me think about the extraordinary strength of women and yeah. you know, taking care of their babies. And it was just a beautiful picture of joy, but also so different to what yes. how we might experience going yeah. home with a newborn from a play group in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, those are incredible stories. So if people want to get involved, what can they do? What can we do from little old New Zealand? Yes. Well, it's very simple. If you want, if you would like to support the Mums and Bubs program or sponsor a child, then you can go on to tearfund.org.nz and check out more information. But if you want to hear me talk and any more of my uh, little stories that pop out of nowhere. Then you can be actually having a women's event at Eastgate Christian Centre. Nice. Uh, so that is on the 10th of March, Friday at seven o'clock. Doors open, yep. 7.30 we start. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll be doing my little little uh, moment, pow powerful short talks is what we're calling them. But joining nice. me is Petra Bagast. And yep. she's obviously in incredible. A lot of our community know a lot about Petra, but she's going to mm -hmm. share about uh, coming home to herself and being comfortable in your own skin. Okay. Then we have Audrey Butoy, and she's a spoken word artist, young. She's okay. just years old. Wow. So it's, and she is a powerhouse for sure. And wow. she had a year ahead of her, uh, that young woman. So really honored to be joining them. So you can come along to that event. Awesome. On the 10th of March. Uh, check out our website for more information. Yes. And that's called Empower Her, is that right? That's right. So the events empower her. Yeah, um, I've seen it advertised. You have. Oh, good. Yes, it's our third <laughs> one. We did two to launch the Mums and Bubs program, and then Eastgate. Uh, we're back on board for another one awesome. this year. Yeah, so we're really excited about it. There'll be lots of spot prizes. Ah, uh, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, really cool to see a local Baptist church supporting such an incredible program in Indonesia and oh my goodness the impact in those women's lives and even for their babies you know is just you're just never even going to know what that impact has been that's right I'm incredibly proud of Eastgate my church and I'm I'm 
I wish I could show you, I wish I could tell you all of the churches out there in New Zealand who are involved mm. in this work. Yeah. Um, and we should feel all, the, all, all those churches around New Zealand uh, yeah. who are supporting, are, we're just so grateful to them and mm. so grateful to Escape for their next level support. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, thanks heaps for today, Kelly. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks, Catherine. It was a real honour to be here with you.